Y'all, uh, I don't really know where we need to go, but I'll tell you what, I do sense. Remember, we talked about spiritual emotions, and uh, mine are going nuts right now. Um, y'all, I, I, not, not yet. We, uh, there, on America right now, there's a form of judgment on us right now. And, and I'm not exaggerating. And let me, when I say judgment, there's a good and there's a there's a good side and there's a, a not cool side. Uh, judgment, in the simplest form, means to do what? Sort out, divide out. So when what happens is is that the Lord acts. Well, I mean, in the courtroom of heaven, what happens is situations, cases, situ- whatever nations come before. And there's a sorting out. And on America right now, there's a sorting out, dividing out. The good side of it is Isaiah 26, 9 tells us that when the earth experiences his, his judgments, his people learn righteousness. So we can learn righteousness. But. The whole tough part of it is in the process of dividing out. When it get things get brought to the light and divided out, because one of the ways that the Lord, one of the main ways that the Lord enters into judgment this day and time, is like in Psalm eighty-one, where it said, "I would that my people listen to my voice, but because they do not, I turn them over to their own devices." In other words, you sow to the flesh, you reap what corruption. And there's a thing corporately over the United States of America right now of, uh, uh, of, of that which we have sown being brought to the light. And I can't tell you how heavy my heart is right now. And you've watched the news, and I've prayed for the process, all that stuff, and what's on me. I don't watch the, I don't have TV, so I don't watch. We have TV, but we don't have cable. But I'm going to be honest with you, right now, we're at a place that if something, I mean, it, they're going to act in the flesh up there, in the physical, and make laws which will be, we pray that they will have very good wisdom in how to act the Congress and the, and the, the President. Because I'm going to say this to you. If it is not act, there are many of you in this room will not have jobs. That's how serious it is right now. And I'm telling you, it is very, very serious. When the president spoke Thursday night, he kept talking about deep recession. And he was trying to not say depression. And, and it is that serious. That serious. And, uh, and there's some things going on. And I really believe... I mean, it is not a time for us to be singing joyfully. It is a time right now to cry out for our nation. Cry out because for righteousness. There is, I mean, there's just much at stake right now. I'm not trying to be over, over whatever. But if one person loses their job, it's enough for me. But I'm concerned about a nation right now. I spoke to a situation in Florida. 
the bank that we have relationship down there, they just shut down. I mean, it's a very solvent bank, very solvent bank, do not have a lot of bank debts. I mean, bad debts, very solvent. But they had to stop. They stopped loaning money, period. They stopped loaning money. Why? They had to pull in. Oh, what happens when they don't loan money? Can anybody buy cars? Well, some people can if you can pay what? Cash. Can anybody build a house? I mean, so, I mean, and that's what's happening. And, y'all, it is serious. And, and it's not a time to panic. It's a time to seek the Lord. And what can happen is we can learn righteousness. What's fueled this? I'll tell you what's fueled this is greed. Lack of character before God. So before we go any further, I just want us to pray. And there is a word that I have from the Lord. But I want us to pray. And I just want you to, I want you to break up in groups about, we'll probably do this afterwards also, but I just group, break up to groups about five or six. Do you think we'll speak it now or? Okay. Uh, I'll tell you what, we'll do that after Brian. Is it, let's set up. There she is right there. Maybe she is supposed to speak it. She walks through the door. Come here, Daniel. Right there. Um, okay, so I want to make sure I don't have any cake on my face. Um, we were, you know, we were in there praying, uh, you know, doing the 12 one I guess that's what we're doing. And um, I really, um, the Lord, Holy Spirit was reminding me about Elijah and how he prayed. And he said, you know, there's not going to be any rain except at my word. And then, um, you know, he prayed and then there was the rain. And I really heard the Holy Spirit exhorting us as a body um, not to, like, just kind of throw away our favor. Like, every single one of us... um, in this body and every single really Christian has favor, you know, to really change the earth, like to, 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 um, agree with heaven and to change the earth. And, um, and the Lord was just saying, you know, everyone's got it. Everyone can be like little Elijah's running around changing the earth. They, everyone has a place. The veil's been torn. Everyone's got a place before the Lord and favor before the Lord and for us, just really exhorting us to use it, use the favor that we have, you know. And um, really, in fact, we're going to do this with the, with the older kids, like really just pray like that the Holy Spirit would teach us all like how to pray and how to like use that favor. So it's not just sitting there unused, you know. We've got favor, let's use it. So. Cool. so one of the best ways to use favor is ask for forgiveness. The two passages of Scripture were in my heart very, very strong. It says, take away, me, take away from me the noise of your songs. I will not listen to the sound of your harps, but let justice roll down like waters and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. And this, and this one, which you're familiar with. And my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray, seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven and forgive their sin and heal their land. 
What happens is, is the love that which we speak about, there are corporate strongholds that block off the flow of the, of the love of God into a nation. And I just want to real quick, before I go any further, there is a distinct word that I must speak. But I want you to just bite up five, six groups of five or six and just pray. Two ways I want you to pray. This favor that Danielle speaking about. One is I just want you to pray and ask God to forgive us in this land for greed, for uh, turning our hearts to the poor. We're just becoming so greedy, wanting more, wanting more. And I'll give you practical illustrations this a little bit later. But, and also, any other areas of unrighteousness in our hearts. Second thing is, I want you to pray that the leaders of our country, probably even now as we speak, God will give them wisdom to enact financial laws that will release this nation of the sins of our past, past three or four years. Y'all with me? So let's cry out to the Lord. Let's ask to the Lord. Let's not stick our head in the sand and go, oh, everything's wonderful. Y'all with me? So let's pray. Okay? Can y'all break up? While we're praying, keep praying. Let's ask the Lord, Jane brought up to me, let's ask the Lord forgiven us for living as a society of debt. Maybe some of you it's not a big issue, but some of us in here maybe... We've lived off of debt and operated on that as a means to operate. Let's ask for forgiveness. We made ourselves a slave. God puts it on your heart. Heavenly Father, we agree as a body, as part of this nation, Lord, we come and ask for forgiveness. Lord, forgive us, Lord, for hungering and craving for things and covering that up with debt. Father, forgive us. Forgive me. Forgive me and my family. Lord God, we ask in Jesus' name for your mercy. Lord, for your mercy. Lord, we are, Lord, we cry out forgiveness for the areas of unrighteousness, for the unborn, the death of the unborn, Lord. Forgive us, O oh Lord. Forgive us for giving way to sexual immorality. Lord, giving way and supporting, Lord, areas of, of immorality, Lord, just for the tantalizing bit of our flesh to enjoy. Lord, forgive us. Forgive us, O Lord. Lord God, we just cry out that we, the church, would be a city on a hill. Lord, Lord, a light as a city on a hill, Lord. We would be the salt of this earth. Lord, we thank you for this opportunity, Lord. We just cry out knowing that you're full of mercy. Full of mercy. So, Lord, in this place, this time, we cry out for mercy for us and for our land. Lord, in Jesus' name, Lord, we cry out. Lord, not in defeat, but Lord, knowing that you're rich in mercy and you give grace, Lord. And we cry out, Lord, where sin is, grace abounds all the more. Lord, we do not receive your grace in vain, but Lord, we just want to cry and we know confident we can come to the throne of grace to receive mercy and find grace and help in a time of need. So we cry out as a nation, Lord, for our leaders. Lord, we come in agreement with 1 Timothy 2, not talking about it, but doing it this time, Lord, for our president, vice president, and Lord, all of his cabinet and the, the House of Representatives, Lord, in the Senate, Lord, that in the name of Jesus, Lord, that you would give them wisdom. Lord, wisdom to, 
to enact laws that are right and just. Right and just. So that your justice and righteousness may be released on our behalf. Tank just filled with the mercy. Your mercy. Because we know it is your heart, Lord. Because from your throne comes loving kindness and truth. Lord, so we just thank you, Lord, for this opportunity, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We'll pray here in a few more minutes. Uh, again, about just something, there's a word that the Lord has, has given me to speak. Uh, y'all, when we face these kind of times, these things, uh, it's really, like I said a while ago, when the earth experiences God's judgments, His people learn righteousness. Well, y'all, that's not a bad thing. That is a very what? Good thing. You know, uh, like it talks about in Hebrews chapter 12, it says when, when, when uh, all discipline for the moment does not seem to be yet joyous, but what? Painful. But afterwards, it yields the peaceful fruit of what? Righteousness. So in this time, y'all, I'll be honest with you, it, it's, it's going it, to, you know, we pray that there's mercy and there's pray there's a release. Uh, but it can be a, a thing that can affect this nation in a very positive manner. Us individually, every person individually, and as a nation, that laws would be enacted that are right and just to, to protect people and protect us. So it's, a, so it's a good thing. Other thing, uh, like Misty spoke a few minutes ago, is y'all, the good thing is it about it, y'all. We're sort of in this dual citizenship thing. In this world, we're citizens of the United States of America, which uh, is a great nation. But, y'all, our citizenship is not of this world. We're of the what? Kingdom of God. And so we just received that, uh, you know, there's just like the world is going one direction, but in the, in the, First John tells us the world is passing away, but uh, guess what? The kingdom of God is not. It's getting strong. Well, it's, it can't get no stronger. I mean, it's it. But that's, y'all, which we are, and that's God's calling us that nothing in us is attached to this world because in the world you shall have tribulation, but in me you have peace. And so I want to speak this. Did everybody get these passed out, Mitch? I need, if y'all would hand these out, they're going to hand these out. Nobody should have one probably because, pardon me? Oh, somebody, if you don't have one, then hold your hand. You know, uh, I, I just really encourage you, like Joe was speaking earlier. It's an opportunity for the men and women of God to rise up. Rise up. Uh, one of my favorite movies is a movie called Gettysburg. I don't know if any of you have seen it. It's a war movie, a Civil War movie. But it, the neat thing about that movie is... Uh, Mitch's, okay, over there, right here in the middle. Uh, the neat things about that movie... It's a movie that's centered around characters. The, the action and all that kind of centered around characters. And it's characters that of men of integrity and character. And, uh, you know, like on, on the Confederate side, uh, who's the guy? Where's Shay? Is he? He was, he's here. The guy played Robert E. Lee um, in that movie. Robert, not Robert Duvall. Um, Martin Sheen. But he... He did a good job to me of project, in the first part of the movie projecting Robert E. Lee as a man of character and integrity and a man of uh, 
what we're going to talk about here a little later. And then on the flip side, there was this other guy on the union side. There was a guy that was centered about this guy named uh, Chamberlain. Was his, I can't remember his first name. Pardon me? Yeah, the guy that was the colonel on the union side. And he, uh, he was a man who was a, a man of integrity. And they faced opposition in the midst of one of the greatest battles or one of the worst wars ever. These men of character stood out. And that's sort of what I want to encourage you, y'all, that we can have victory in this. And, and uh, on the modern side, um, I was sort of gathering information about the Republican convention. And, and I was noticing that when the Republican convention started, how the first, first few nights, I, I don't have TV, but I just sort of read both. I try to listen to different news reports on the Internet read different news reports, you know, not just one news thing, just different. So I get multiple different perspectives on the news. But interesting, the, the flow of, of, the, of the convention was kind of suppressed until Sarah Palin, is that how you pronounce her name? Spoke that night, and it just lit the, the Republican convention with enthusiasm. And I was just kind of just wondering about it. And because up to that point in time, there was not much enthusiasm within the Republican Party. And I was going, what, what was it with her? What was it? What was in her the speech? What was it in it? And the thing that I really felt like the Lord was showing me was in that situation, there was a group of people that one person stood up to stand up for something with character and integrity. Not only that, I mean, she walked it. You know, that's what, I, you may have heard me say this before. But she started off as a, what? As a mother in PTA. I'm going, dude, just wanting to make a difference, going to PTA. I'm going, so she goes to PTA and does what? Makes a difference. Well, that wasn't enough. So she wants to make a difference in her town. So she becomes a what? A mayor. And that's not enough. So what? Let's just become the governor of the state. And now she has an opportunity to become the vice president of the United States. And, you know, that just really just excites me because I just see her starting out as a common person. Her husband works on the oil fields. And here she is, somebody standing up, a woman of God standing up, making a difference. And so, you know, and that's what the Lord put in my heart this morning. As you can see at the top of that thing, who is the person that will make a difference. Who is it? And here's what, this is coming out of my heart this morning. And then, and y'all, and please hear this. This is not me going, okay, this is the way you need to be. This, I must be honest with you, this is my prayer for myself. So I, I want you to hear it from that standpoint. So who is it that will make a difference? Y'all have heard me say before that one of my fears in my life has been that I would... I would be like a rock that somebody would throw into a middle of a pond, and when they hit the pond, it went into the pond, it wouldn't make any splash. There would be no ripples. But my heart is, is that I would be like somebody threw a boulder in the middle of a pond, and guess what? It just That's my heart. And so my question is for you and I, if you throw, you've been thrown into this life, what kind of splash are you going to make in this world? Or are you going to go into it and uh, into this life 
And when you leave this life, will it be at the funeral? Oh, well, he was a good man, a good woman. But a lot of it, they're saying that because it's just the right thing to do. Or they're lying. Or you could be like one of the funerals that I heard about down in Big Stone. Guy got up to preach. Guy was a pretty rough character. And and uh, so the guy, preacher gets up and goes, Well, let's just don't fool ourselves. We know he's in hell, so. <laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> Let's go on. <laughs> I'm no comfort there. But <laughs> all kind of stuff in Big Stone Gap. <laughs> so. But y'all, we ain't talking about that. We're talking about being men and women of God that make a difference in this time. And what, what is that person like? And here's some things. If you would, turn in your Bibles to, to uh, 1 Corinthians 9 past the scripture we heard before but the first thing the lord put in my heart is to be a man or woman of god who makes a difference is to be somebody with purpose and look at this and i could you could preach this whole thing out of this first corinthians 9 passage this is in verse 24 do you not know that those who run and all run in a race but only one receives the prize run in such a way as you win notice that statement y'all run in such a way what that you win Running away to win. Live to win. Live to win. You're living with purpose. So just resolve right off the bat. You're living to win. And I guess go on down with it. It says, and everyone who competes in the games exercises self-control in all things. They'll do it to receive a perishable wreath. But we imperishable. Therefore, I run in such a way as not without aim but I box in such a way as not beating the air. I do not run in such a way as without aim. So run to win. Run with purpose. Run, you know, to go for it. Because why? What's the alternative? The alternative is, y'all, is that we'd be like we're beating the air. We used to have a statement, and y'all probably heard me say it before, playing football. You know, quarterback, I quarterback, aim small, miss small. Aim big, miss big. You aim at nothing, what do you hit? Nothing. You hit nothing. You aim at what you aim at. Aim small. Live a life with purpose. I just encourage every one of you here. Now, the interesting thing is that y'all don't, don't go, oh, I don't know what my purpose is. I'm going to tell you what your purpose is. And y'all have heard me say it before, and so I'm going to speak it again. Your purpose is the purposes of God. David. Luke chapter 13. I mean, not Luke, I'm sorry, Acts chapter 13. David served the purposes of God in his generation, and he fell asleep. Live with purpose. That was his purpose. He just sought the purpose of God. Whether it was out in the wilderness, whether it was slaying Goliath, or it was a king, or a shepherd and sheep, he just lived for the purposes of God. When I graduated from a college, my sole passion was to do the purposes of God, and it was just twofold. I just want to be a successful Christian businessman and deal Jesus with youth wherever I went. Just the purposes of God. Purpose of God. That's what I'm aiming at. It's not about my gift, my desires, my wants, my wills. It's His will, His purpose. Live with a purpose, His purpose. Because if you distract on your purposes, your passions, you'll get distracted. 
Because there'll be different seasons in your life for your giftings or for your passions or, or for what. But if you aim at that, you'll, there'll be seasons. You know, when David all of a sudden he's stuck out in the middle of a wilderness, his passion, I mean, if you had said his passion was to be the king, his purpose to be the king, when he's out in the wilderness in, a, in the cave of Abdullam, he would have been in mad, major league depression. Oh, I'm a failure. I'm a failure. But, but he led those people out there. Well, he had some rough moments. We all do in those things. But his purpose, he lived with a purpose after God's purpose, God's heart. So that we may be men and women in this age, this time, we've lived with purpose for God. Y'all with me? Y'all with me? Come on. Come on, y'all. Braveheart. Yeah. Let's go on. Go to Malachi chapter 2. Who is it that will make a difference? In Malachi chapter 2, verse 5. In Malachi 2, 5. One who makes a difference is one who preserves knowledge and wisdom. We live out of your, out of your mouth and out, out of my mouth come wisdom and knowledge. And notice this passage in 2, 5. My covenant with him was one of life and peace, and I gave them as an object of reverence. So he revered me and stood in awe of my name. True instruction was in his mouth, and unrighteousness was not found on his lips. He walked with me in peace and uprightness. He turned many back from iniquity. And for the lips of a priest should preserve knowledge, and men should seek instruction from his mouth. That's a good test, y'all. It's a good test. See, the men or women of God that makes a difference is the ones that, that pursues and preserves the knowledge. Knowledge of God. Not with our mouth, y'all, but with our actions and our mouth. And, and the thing that goes along with knowledge is wisdom. Because it declares in, in Acts, chap, not Acts, uh, James chapter 3, verse 14, Who is wise among you? Who is, among, who is wise among you? This time, this season, y'all, is for time for men and women to rise up who speak and preserve knowledge and wisdom. I had a... Now, wisdom is crucial along with knowledge. Because remember 3.14? Who is wise and understanding? Let him show by his good behavior. Let me, let me read this passage of Scripture because there's something I want to share with you about this. Because there's... Listen this. Who among you is wise and understanding? Let him show by his good behavior, his deeds, and the gentleness of wisdom. It says, it says, wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, and gentle, reasonable. The other day, I was down in Tangent Outfitters at um, Stephen, Sean, Tom's convenience store down there. And, and there's this corner of the store in there every morning. A group of men get in there and they just run their mouths and talk. And I like to go in there, because I think I told you all before, I like to go in there. It's a good place to learn. And those men have forgotten more things that I know. And so I like to go in there and sit down. Well, all of a sudden they go in there, and I'm kind of got, I was focusing on some things. And, and, uh, and so they bring up the political situation. The situation gets brought up in our midst. Well, being quick to speak my opinion, I started speaking my opinion about one of the political candidates which what I was saying was truth. 
But I, but I noticed as I spoke it, all of a sudden, the other men started getting there and they're speaking and they start railing and speaking, you know, in different angles and stuff like that. But there was one man sitting in the back, kind of Mr. Marshall, a man of God, and he's retired and, and he just sat there. Didn't say a word. In the conversation, you could tell it getting intense and stuff like that. He just doesn't say a word. A few minutes later, he just gets up and doesn't say anything. Takes his coffee cup and goes over to the coffee pot. And stops over and talks. When, he's, when, he, when he does that, all of a sudden, the Lord just starts speaking in my heart. You ain't speaking wisdom, boy. Mr. Marshall spoke more wisdom than you do, and he didn't say a single word. You see, what was happening was I was not preserving knowledge. I, well, I may have spouted facts out. But guess what? I'm speaking facts in a manner that was not truth. And I mean, I just wept. I'm just going, God, God, to be a man or to be a man of God, it will make a difference. Whether I, when I do speak, it makes a difference. When I don't speak, it what? Makes a difference. Lord, may I have the wisdom to tell the difference. And I always say this, y'all, it's very important. It's because I one of the things is, is it's very possible that uh, one of the candidates who wins the ele election may be one who is very much in opposition to some of the things that Anybody that's pro-life is stands for. Well, y'all, how we stand and how we speak during that time is critical. You know, it's interesting to me. I never heard Jesus railing against Caesar. I never heard Paul rail against Caesar. Now, Jesus jumped on the religious leaders. They were just on borrowed authority. But I, I speak and I see, Lord, how we speak, let it be that preserves knowledge. And the spirit of it be of wisdom and knowledge. And so, and can I put a commercial in here? And one thing I didn't speak. You know who I'm, this is really in my heart for? This word today is who it's on my heart is for the next generation. I'm going to put this, and I've spoken two things, y'all, is that we live with a purpose, and two is we live that out of us preserves knowledge and wisdom. That's what I've said so far. But I want to say this. It's the next generation. Y'all, that, uh, that I pray that something I say in here lights fires in some of you, and all of us in this room, that you go, that I pray that maybe there's the next U.S. senators in this room right now. Maybe maybe there's a housewife in here that's gonna gonna rise up and be the governor of the state of Virginia. Hey, yeah, it happened in Alaska, right? We can make a difference, but we have to know how to live. So that's why I share this, y'all, and I pray that, that some of you can grasp this and call everything I say a lie and let God be established. But 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 anyway, so go on. So that we live with purpose, and two is we, we, our life is a person who preserves knowledge and wisdom. If you would, go with me to Proverbs 22. 
So you've got this, you live with purpose and you live with, with revelation and knowledge. But in this, y'all, in Proverbs twenty two twenty nine, it says, Do you see a man skilled in his work? He will stand before kings. Do you see a man skilled in his work? He will stand before kings. Now, I, I say this in this way, that y'all, in this place, let it not be said about the church of Jesus Christ that we live and operate in a manner that's halfway. Now, y'all, I, when I say that, I'm saying that to me. Because there's areas in doing business that God is saying, he's put his finger on it and saying, Sizemore, some things have to change. So, so I, I'm dealing with my life in this. But, y'all, there may it be that what we do is intensely skilled. Y'all, in college right now, you're in high school. Dude, if you're going to do it, do it with purpose to be skilled. To be skilled. I look at Angie. Angie's in places that she don't sometimes don't necessarily want to be. But why? Because Angie will resolve in her heart to do it and do it with skill. And so all of a sudden she gets stuck before generals. Am I seeking right? Well, I thought you told me. You know, okay, scratch that. <laughs> but in places. And, you know, I just say that. So don't settle to do it halfway. And, I mean, the illustration I used this morning is, you ever been in a place that you... You know, been surgery. I had surgery a couple of times, hernia surgery, throat surgery, and and back surgery. You ever been in that place? You're getting ready to have surgery, and they're getting ready to put you out, and then you go, "This guy make an A or a C?" <laughs> I ask that question sometimes. Doctor, you have? Did he just pass? Just barely. I think somebody told me this morning they just have pass and fail in med school. No? They have grades? They have grades? Dude, B and A. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. If you're going to do it, be skilled in it. Do it. So that when the person's laying there looking up at you going, by the way, what would you make on this test? You go, dude, I passed it. I made the bonus points. And whatever it is. Whatever it is. So there will be men of character, purpose, preserving knowledge and truth. And three is we're skilled in our own labor. I was listening to a news conference of this thing in, uh, in D.C., you know, at the, out of the Congress. I, was, I clicked on. You could have a streaming of the news conferences on my Internet. So I was listening to it. And one of the guys was up there, and, and I, I could, when he stood up, I'm going, God. And I knew some of the character backgrounds of the person who was, he was speaking. And all of a sudden, he starts speaking. And he has to be corrected from the person, one of the other persons about some of the stuff he was speaking. And I'm going, God, Lord God, this is the persons that are leading our country. God, have mercy. So I just say in here, y'all, be men and women that come out of there skilled, that, that operate with, in, in fullness. Notice with me in, in Psalm 15, 2. Not only do we operate... Now, now say this, y'all. 
Um, I don't want, I'm going to say this, I don't want people who are gifted to do something. I want people, there's plenty of mercy and grace in my life and around me. But I want people around me that, uh, that are intense with integrity. Like this one walking down the aisle. I mean, I stake my life on him. I mean, when, when we, Shay and Michelle were kids, you know, I had to have somebody that, uh, in our will, who you going something happened to Paul and I at the same time, who's going to take care of Shay and Michelle? Mitch and Leah. Because why? It's because why does it talk about here in, Proverbs, in Psalms 15 too? He walks with integrity and speaks truth in his heart. Y'all, don't speak truth out of your mouth, but speak truth where? In your heart. Speak truth in your heart. Speak truth in your heart. It's really, I had a privilege to be with a couple men yesterday when we were talking about being husbands and walking in the role of a husband. We were talking about with each other about speaking truth in our heart, in our thoughts, in relationship to our wives and in relationship to our past. That we speak truth in our heart. And that's what we stand for. So we're men who's, we're people of truth. Now, y'all, truth in the area of who God is, what is truth, the Word of God, but there's a facet that our lives live in truth, that we, we speak truth. We speak truth with our, with our mouths, with our hearts, and with our actions. There's no area of compromise in your life. I, I, I want to tell you this, y'all, that we're living in a time right now that you try to skirt the truth, it'll, it'll be brought to the light. At some point in time, it'll be brought to the light. And uh, anyway, I, I, things I can speak, but I, I will not. So go with me to Proverbs 14.34. I love this one. In Proverbs 14.34. As far as a person of values, of God's righteousness and justice. And look at the awesomeness of this, y'all. The power of this. Righteousness exalts a nation. Y'all, righteousness exalts, exalts a nation. Now, a while ago I said that I believe, in a sense, that there is a judgment on this nation. And I could tell you other circumstances why. And I said, that's not a hard, that's not a bad thing, that's a good thing. Because there's an opportunity for us to come to the light. And let our deed, let this be healed. But, but, uh, but, uh, when you're thinking about judgment, you remember, there's three things in the area of judgment. There's judgment, in which you've got the scales of justice. And on the scales of justice, you put righteousness on both sides. And justice is a man or woman of values, one who is of righteousness and justice. And so that you live where you put your life here and it's righteousness of God. Now, what I just said there is very, very important. Because what you need to be aware of, of a man or woman of God who lives with righteousness, God's righteousness and justice. Righteousness needs that which is assigned. It means... I mean, that's the Greek word for law there when I spoke. But, but literally, righteousness means that which is right. 
But you have to realize is there's different standards of righteousness. For example, in in Romans chapter 10, in verse 2, I think it is, where it talks about the righteousness of men who who tried to make their own righteousness. I can't remember exactly how it speaks, but it's the righteousness of men. And then it goes on to talk about the righteousness of God. So you have these two distinctions of righteousness of men and righteousness of, of God. And we're seeing this in the... in in the, in the election, y'all, excuse me, in the, in the election you're dealing with this standard where, where people are going, okay, it is right for a baby to be a, a fetus, to be, I'll just take it in their terms, to be aborted because the woman's right to choose is violated. So it is righteous. It's right. But over here there's another standard. The righteousness which says this is a baby and this is murder. And so we're dealing with different standards of righteousness. And that's why I spoke in this, y'all. We have to be men and women of God who live according to the standards of the righteousness of God. Now, let me just think this, because here's one of the things that the Lord really put on my heart about this situation I was telling you about was it yesterday or the day before yesterday, where I was speaking about this political candidate? What God spoke to me says, okay, Rick, now you remember the standard of the righteousness, there's two, there's two types of righteousnesses of God. There's the righteousness which is according to the law, which deals with externals. There's the righteousness which is according to faith, which deals with the heart. So all of a sudden... I started making railing accusations, y'all, with my mind, with my mouth, toward one of the political candidates. So I made these accusations. I made these judgments. Guess what? Guess what I got? By the standard you use, it'll be used on what? You. You. I was taking and judging him on the standards which is according to the law. Well, guess what? I, all of a sudden, I get drugged before the court in heaven, and I'm judged on, my, on what? That which is according to faith in my heart. It's like you say, well, you heard the angels say, you shall not commit murder. Well, okay. So what, I'm accusing this guy of killing and approving laws to kill babies. Well, I say to you, you look, I mean, say, if you get angry with a brother, you're what? Guilty before what? Court. Oh, you call him a fool. Well, you're guilty of a fiery hell. Oh, so I'm going to judge him on his standards of uh, what? Of the law. Externals. What is it? And you know, I am, we are supposed to judge what somebody says. 1 Corinthians 10, 14 or 10, 15. Judge what I say. Judge what somebody says. But all of a sudden I start judging them. And in a manner, guess what? I reap. I suddenly am not a man walking in the righteousness and justice of God. I'm a judge of it. You read James chapter 4, how that is not a cool statement. So that we be men and women of God, walking in God's righteousness and justice. We preserve it, we pursue it. And that's like we pray. That we pray for the leaders. 
You know, you know, here, you want me to test this conviction here? Tell me if this is true. First Timothy 2 says, pray for your leaders. Is that what it says? Let us resolve this. That is truth, God's word. That we would not dare say a word about a, a political leader if we have not prayed for him. You follow me? We're commanded by God to pray for him. And we make an accusation against him without praying for him. Now, I didn't say, okay, Lord God, I pray, bless Obama, Barack Obama, in Jesus' name. Now, Lord God, <laughs> let me tell you a thing or two. What I'm just trying to say is, is that the Lord is trying to press us to the depths of righteousness and justice. We, I, I, y'all, I see us self-righteous Christians. Oh, we got, we got a platform of justice and righteousness. But y'all, in our hearts, guess what? We're full of robbery and self-indulgence. And that's why the church of Jesus Christ, that's why that song was kind of interesting today. That's why the church of Jesus Christ is not a preserve of in, this, in this society. It's, y'all, in the world, we're almost a what? A joke. Why? I honestly believe because there's no depths of righteousness and justice in our lives and then when, in our actions how we preserve them. Because you look, when Daniel and Joseph, men of God, in government, operated in those places, guess what? They came to them. They wanted what they had. They knew there was something special there when things got tough. So, there were persons of truth, persons of righteousness and justice. I want you all to look at this past scripture with me. In First Tim Peter chapter five verse six. Will we be men and women of God? It's kind of interesting this. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you at the proper time. A man or woman of God that is full of the character of God that will make a difference is a man or woman of God who walks in humility. Humility. What's humility? Humility is dependency upon God and other people, seeing, seeing, seeing oneself in proper relationship to God and others. That's humility. That's humility. But, but if they're in our hearts that we just uh, see ourselves better than or different than, um, look at this in Isaiah 58, 6. Let's close out. In Isaiah 58, verse 6. A man or woman, a God that will make a difference is one who has a heart for the poor and the needy. It says, is it not the fast that I choose for you? In verse 6, in verse 7, is it not to divide your bread with the hungry, to bring the homeless poor into the house, and when you see the naked, to cover him, and not to hide yourself from your own flesh? Then your light will break, for, break out like the dawn, and your recovery will spring forth speedily. Your recovery will speedily spring forth, and your righteousness will go before you, and the glory of the Lord 
will be your rear guard. At that place that where you have regard for the poor and the needy. In that place. So who is a man of integrity? Who is a man or woman of in character? Is a man of God, which I think these are a few characteristics. And what I'll be honest with you, what God has really resolved in my heart is to take these things and put these things on my bathroom mirror. And I pray, I pray, and to pray in this to be birthed in me. That it be birthed in me. That it be truth. Y'all, cause, because, uh, and, and what I want us to do is, in closing out here, I want us to pray again. And how I want us to pray is, uh, is somewhat how we already prayed. But, but y'all, let me give you a picture of what's going on in our country. Um, some of you may already have known this, but I'll just speak to you if you don't. What's happening is in our society today, I believe what's happened in our society, there's a, there's a good form of government, the theocracy God ruling is the best. I mean, with him running it, dude, the kingdom of God, that's it. But a capitalistic democracy is good as long as the morals of the society are righteous and just. But when when actions within a capitalistic society become contrary to the truth of righteousness, the things that we're dealing with occur. Y'all, y'all heard about Washington Mutual? Uh, maybe some of you may have heard about Washington Mutual uh, having to, one of the top banks in the nation, going, going out and had to be sold off. And so their assets being transferred. The CEO in that company came in 14 days before it was transferred as a parting love gift for him to enable that company to be not make it He received a $20 million bonus. That's not right. Which U.S. government helped pay for or helped transition that bank, the FDIC. See, those are the areas of unrighteousness and injustice that are are occurring. But what God is doing is, is allowing us as a nation to cry out. There's small businesses here. It's you operate with righteousness and justice. Not that we start, you know, Wall Street. Oh, Wall Street's our problems. (laughs) No. How many of us probably bought homes in here we really didn't afford? Couldn't afford. Maybe. But we can't rail there to here. So what I want us to do is, again, I want us to pray. And I want you to close out. We'll just close out praying. Again, I want us to pray for our leaders. Pray for our leaders. Can't pray enough right now. Pray for our leaders. Pray for our leaders. In fact, let me just do it this way. I want you to join hands. Can we join hands? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for the privilege of this time to be together with these, with these men and women. Lord, I pray this word, the words of God that we have spoken and interacted with, Lord. Lord, I pray be birthed into our hearts that we be men and women of, of purpose. 
Lord, that we would be men and women of God who, who Lord, who uh, preserve knowledge and understanding and wisdom. Lord, that we be men and women of God who are full of the righteousness and truth and justice of God, who, who live in truth. Lord, I pray that the giftings in my brothers and sisters will come forth and, and we will be diligent to operate skillfully in that which you've apportioned to us. Lord, not being gifted people, but being men and women of character that strengthens and releases our gifting. Lord, I ask also in the name of Jesus, Lord, that, we, that Lord, we would learn to walk in humility. Lord, just walk in the humility of God. Lord, you tell us in your word continually to humble ourselves under your mighty hand. Lord, awaken our hearts and our nation that we would be men and women, Lord, that care for the poor and the needy. Lord, I thank you that, uh, Lord, for the areas, the specific areas, you're awakening in our heart, Lord, that we can take care of the poor and the needy. But Lord, I pray that it will be parts of the fabric of our hearts. Lord, I pray that this word today, Lord, if whoever adopts this, Lord, or receives and says, yes, this is true. Lord, I pray that it would be not something that we'd see and we would forget. Lord, I pray that we'd be men and women who do work or doers of the word. Who, Lord, it becomes the fabric of our existence. Lord, that we, or we walk in integrity and character. And, Lord, it is known where we will be when we're in the midst of a fight. Lord, and I thank you that, Lord, in this nation is filled with men and women of God, men and women of integrity, men and women of character. Lord, I thank you this nation is full of it, of this type of character. So, Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus, Lord, that our prayers be heard. Our prayers be heard, O oh Lord. And, Lord, I pray that in Jesus' name, your grace be released into our lives and into our nation. Your mercy, O oh Lord. So, Father, I pray that the sins of our past would be forgiven. Lord, I cry out in Jesus' name. And, Lord, we resolve in our hearts to make a difference in our world. Lord, I believe in this place, in this room right now, Lord, are men and women who will make a difference in this world. Lord, I pray birthing in them, Lord, that they will be stand, Lord, that maybe next George Washington's or Abraham Lincoln's or John Adams's are in this room. Lord, it will change whole courses of nations or this nation or our county or, Lord, even maybe a PTA, Lord, which is very important. So, Father, wherever it is you've portioned us to be, Lord God, I pray in Jesus' name, we will make a difference. Lord God, that we will be salt and we will be light into this world. Not just because we try to, Lord, it's just burst out of the, the very nature of who we are in you. And Lord, at the appointed times, you rise up, Lord, you will exalt us and you will give us platforms to speak your truth. Or we don't have to strive for it. We don't have to seek it out. You will give it to us, O oh Lord. You will give it to us. So, Lord, this word I'm speaking today to the men who are, who are in the conference, Lord, I pray the spirit of what I am speaking here and spoke here today be birthed in them. Lord, that they come home and they walk in their homes with these things, Lord. And that children will be raised up just knowing 
Lord, what is truth? What's righteousness? What's justice? How to live to care for the other needs of others. So, Lord, I speak birthing in this place in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus, Lord, I speak to all of us, rise up. Lord, I speak to this, this valley, the New River Valley, in the name of Jesus, the church of Jesus Christ, rise up. Birth in us, Lord. Lord, in this nation, I speak that the eyes of the church of Jesus Christ, in this nation... Lord, any deceptions over any of our hearts, Lord, and any of our eyes, Lord, I speak, be removed in Jesus' name. Lord, over this nation, I pray, Lord, as the election comes, Lord, that truth be brought to light. Any areas of darkness, Lord, and anywhere, just be brought to light, Lord, in Jesus' name. Lord, so that that which is decided on, there will be no surprises. And Lord, let it be brought to light. So we agree, Lord, Lord, that your life, the life of God be birthed in this nation, Lord. And we declare, I declare, Lord, Lord, your kingdom come in this nation. Your kingdom be birthed in us. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. Oh, there is, you know, it's really exciting to me that we live in a nation where we can see God. I'm going to a nation in just a, just a few weeks. Where if I prayed like I just prayed there, I would probably get somebody in trouble if I did not get ushered out of the country. <laughs> I'll be in Syria and Jordan, and you don't pray like you, I just prayed there. So you have to be careful. But we live in a country that, y'all, we can go for it. We can go for it. We can go for it there, too. But so. But anyway, I just pray God bless y'all, and y'all have a great day. and. Lord Will Creek, don't rise. See you next week.